for the one person who gives me the compliment, I think I picture the millions of others who are like, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. Oh, it's big doings today. Big, big doings. <laughs> Episode 50, Coping oh on the gosh. Couch with Courtney and Brian. Nobody thought it would last. Most of the people who co-host with me on anything are gone inside of three weeks. Courtney, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Happy anniversary, I suppose, and welcome to Episode 50. I have staying power, Brian. <laughs> I have stamina. <laughs> a lot more than I do, I can tell you that right now. And I'm a big fan of what we're going to be talking about today. Mm because I can relate to this like nobody's business. We also have a segment on our radio show called Wellness Wednesday, Cat Country 98.1. That's 6 a.m. on Wednesdays if you'd like to stream it. This week we talked about self-love, and that inspired me to say, can we take a look at low self-esteem? Because this is a battle I feel many people have been fighting Mm -hmm. for the vast majority of their lives, and it is something that I need to manage every single day in everything that I do. And you must run into this a lot. I do run into it a lot. And like we had talked about before, some of these feelings of low self-esteem and not having self-love, it starts out in childhood. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when we feel criticized. I definitely think that's the case. Yeah, we don't feel understood. We feel criticized. And you know what? A lot of it too, it can be because of our personalities. If we're more sensitive, if we're looking for more validation and we're not getting it. So it can be a combination of things. Sometimes we have parents that maybe they don't even mean to, but sometimes they're just not validating where we're at, or they're making us feel like we're less than in certain ways. Maybe they're trying to get us to do certain things, but in the way that they're doing it is making us feel badly. So sometimes it does happen in childhood. It also can continue in bad relationships, too, when you have negative relationships. It's as if you've been Zooming my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you that my parents, I think it's a combination of things, and they had the best of intentions. However, they looked at young Brian and they said, here is not a type A personality. Here is a wallflower. Here is somebody who is not a go-getter. Here is somebody who a lot of things come easy to him and he needs to be motivated. Mm -hmm. So from a very early age, I was led to believe that very little I was doing was good enough. And not only that, they both had obviously two parents, as most of us do. And one of them, in both cases of the two, were, let's just say, rough around the edges Mm -hmm. and gave them a difficult upbringing. And I think taught them some of what they knew to be normal to them about what parenting was. And I feel like with my mom, it presented itself in a passive aggressive way at times. So it was something that, especially when I was young, I didn't understand that nuance. And only until I went into therapy years later and started talking about some of the things that she would say to me and how she would frame them. I remember one therapist in particular saying, that's not passive aggressive, that's hostile. Mm. (laughs) And it really was, I think, at times. And again, through no fault of her own. But as I was moving through life and hearing that things weren't good enough and putting a lot of pressure on myself, that moved from education to athletics, that moved into personal relationships. I also met a woman who became my first wife very young, and I missed out on a lot of the formative dating years Mm -hmm. because we were together by the time I was 18, and I dated a little bit, but I didn't have any long-term relationships to draw from off of that. Next thing I know, I'm with her for 15 years. 
years. And when we ended up splitting up when I was 33, I feel like I was picking up from my 18th birthday in terms of relationship maturity. And I had a lot to learn because this was all that I knew. And as that kept failing and those kept circling the drain over and over again, I also had my self-esteem pummeled. And incidentally, the lines of work that I have chosen for myself, not exactly the best for people who need positive reinforcement. Because when you do something public and you try to be funny, be it comedy writing for television, be it a radio show, be it stand-up comedy or roasting or whatever. Mm -hmm. People are going to tell you how they feel. There's a lot of trolls out there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, too, I think, sometimes get jealous that you're making a living in a way that they wish that they could or they think that they should be. So Mm -hmm. if they can't get it, it's easier for them to take you down. And you have to kind of build a crust on the outside to not let people get through that wall. And I think I have for the most part, but it is not impenetrable. I can tell you that for sure. Of course. In some ways, I think like, oh, my gosh, how does he deal with some of this stuff? He's so strong. I would just be like "Ah," every day, like social media trolls and stuff like that. But in other ways, yeah, you're right. And we've talked about this before, how sometimes your self-esteem is low and you're feeling insecure about certain things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times through our lives, when we have failures or we have things that we're not proud of, we need to kind of frame them in such a way as learning experiences and normalize that and say, this is part of life. We need to have some radical acceptance around that, that we're not going to get out of this life without having failures. If we did, then that means we really didn't try much of anything. So we have to acknowledge ourselves for that. And that's one way of building that self-esteem is by saying, it's okay that I had these failures and it's okay that I'm not perfect. And also to challenge some of the stuff that we grew up with. That's the element there is looking at that and saying, okay, just because that was my reality, is that really the truth of it? These beliefs that I need to bring into my adulthood or can I challenge them? Just like you said, your parents had certain ideas because it was passed to them, but without questioning it, it was passed to you. And so now it becomes our job to say, wait a minute, let me question some of that and parent differently and also take care of myself differently. And for some of it, I I am grateful Mm -hmm. because it motivated me and it also caused me to have defense mechanisms which eventually developed into my sense of humor Mm -hmm. off of which I eventually made my living and I don't know if I had everything handed to me and was getting hugged every day Mm -hmm. if I (laughs) would be as funny or would be as motivated or if I was told how awesome I was. It got to a point with me where it was I'm going to show you because I was very much discouraged from going into the fields Mm -hmm. that I eventually did pursue. It can make you hungry. Like, I'm going to keep doing this. And years later, they eventually did come to me and say we were wrong. And they did try to explain to me Mm -hmm. that they had my best interests at heart. And even though I think I knew that all along, it still affects me to some degree. And I think it still affects the family dynamic from time to time. Because when we do get into disputes, I feel like we get sucked back into a lot of those old patterns and some of those old places. And even when I'm having problems with my wife, speaking about how it bled into relationships, a lot of times that's my Achilles heel where I start to panic because I've been abandoned in relationships Mm -hmm. and that is a sore spot for me Mm -hmm. where I really value my marriage. Oh, and I also value my career path. And I know how tough it is, and you know too, because you've been there, to get and keep a job in these lines of work. Mm -hmm. And it's getting harder all the time. And I think everybody can feel that too with the pandemic and how the whole landscape has changed. So it is very easy to get inside your own head with this stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that. I talk to clients all the time. 
there was a story that just came up. You're talking to your family about something benign, like you're taking them out somewhere or you're just meeting up, you're talking about something, and all of a sudden it gets into this fight and it goes right into the family dynamic of oh, yeah. like the old. And before you know it, you're talking about stuff from 20 years ago and how you're angry at them because mm-hmm. they stole this from you or they took that or mom and dad liked you best or whatever. And it's like, wait, where did that come from? We were just having this discussion about something else, but it's very interesting how that does that. And if you're not careful, you can get right back into that dynamic. That's why when people go home for the holidays, they always say Thanksgiving, Christmas, there's a lot of family fights because what happens is you revert back to being like a 10-year-old and there's like all this between your brothers and sisters and the family and stuff like that. This does go back to self-esteem. You have to be careful when you get back in that dynamic that your head is not in that same space, that you're able to go to wise mind and say, hold on, this is going to probably be triggering for me. If so-and-so says A, B, and C, I'm going to want to say D, E, and F. So let me slow down and let me think about how I want to react to this. And if I want to push this further out, it's like throwing that rock into the pond and Mm -hmm. the ripple effects. I think I'm as much of a recluse as I am because of a lot of that, because I'm afraid of being attacked. I'm afraid of being hurt. I'm afraid of being told what I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. We mentioned the whole self-love thing. And before I get to that, too, it's funny because we also did a topic on our radio show earlier this week where you feel like you can't have free speech and you need to bite your tongue. Mm-hmm. And it is mostly at family gatherings right. because I right. know we will start going down that rabbit hole again. And I just don't want to go there. Right. But in terms of the self-love thing, and we have hit on this before, a way that your self-esteem, when it's low, manifests itself is when somebody pays you a compliment, Mm -hmm. it is probably the most uncomfortable feeling you will ever have. And I really do feel that that is deeply ingrained within me. Somebody paid me a compliment today on the phone on our morning show. And even when she was saying it, like you were laughing about it and you brought it up a couple (laughs) of times, I felt like my skin was crawling. You're getting cringy. And that (laughs) bothers me that I don't like it when people say nice things about me. I don't know if it has to do with then it sets an expectation, like, and you feel like you're going to fail that I'm not going to live up to it. You're probably you're not right. Live up to it, like, there's some kind of cringy thing with that because I feel like you think if you settle into it, then oh, my husband will say, oh, we'll get a big head and da 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 da. da. Like he doesn't take compliments either. <laughs> so, well, for the one person who gives me the compliment, I think I picture the millions of others who are like, oh, please, <laughs> <laughs> give me a break. I was having a conversation <laughs> with my buddy Billy Simus, very funny stand-up comedian, and I went to one of his shows recently, and we were talking about when you're up there, the entire room can be on the floor in tears, Mm -hmm. convulsing with laughter, and you can't stop looking at that one person who is looking at his or her phone and just not engaged Mm -hmm. at all. And that's what you're going to remember when the gig is over. What is that? (laughs) It's that negativity bias. Our brain is laser focused on looking at the thing that we might perceive as the threat or the thing that's not going our way. I had the same thing. I was performing in New York, and I remember like everybody was totally into the monologue I was doing, but this one couple started chit-chatting, and I wanted to stop and be like, hey, I'm in the middle of a monologue here, but I still, every time I think about that monologue, how proud I was that I wrote it, how I presented it, how it got chosen, all these great things around it. What do I remember about it? The two people chit-chatting when I was in the middle of it. You know what the other funny thing about that is? Because we went on to discuss this. Sometimes, if you do a show, you will notice that person with the stone-cold face who is not laughing at all 
that will be the person who will come up to you afterward and say, I think you're hilarious. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> everybody like, really? <laughs> who was falling all over themselves and had snot coming out of their nose, mm-hmm. they don't say anything. I guess they've given you all they can give in terms of love. <laughs> I but give you all of that. Yeah. You almost want to shake that person and be like, why did you react while I was doing it? <laughs> <laughs> why not? That's so funny. But that's so true. It's really important for self-love, for our self-esteem to really stop and try to think about what are our talents? What are the things that we really do well? and what was good about the show. Really zone into the other people and say, okay, you can't please them all, but look at all the joy that I'm bringing all these people. But maybe that's also another way to say, don't make an assumption about Mm -hmm. that person who doesn't look entertained because maybe they just aren't that expressive. Mm -hmm. But here you are looking for ways and reasons to beat yourself up. And you might even be wrong. I was listening on the way in. There was an interesting show. The guy was talking about patterns, how our brain will look for patterns, even if the patterns aren't there. So whatever we are believing in, we're going to find all sorts of evidence to back that up. So if you have that underlying belief, like, oh, I'm never good enough. Your brain is going to be looking for all the reasons, oh, yeah, let's back that up with this. Well, let's flip that and say, well, where are all the reasons that I am good enough, that I am doing well, that I am competent? Like, let's flip that. The thing is, Brian, we have to consciously work at that. The other stuff is always going to come easy. Our brain will always look at the negative. It will always stick to that. We actually have to work at the gratitude part. And we have the ability. We can do it. But we have to consciously make the effort. So that's the thing. When our brain does that, we have to consciously say, okay, what's the other side of this? And the quirk that I I have is if I get into that headspace, will I stop being motivated? Will I get right. comfortable? Yes. Will I get the big head? Mm-hmm. And will I stop trying? Because there's nothing more heartbreaking to me than that person who has entertained me mm-hmm. for most of my life. And I usually use David Letterman as an example. And at some point, he just got fat and happy, took his foot off the gas and didn't care anymore. Sorry, David. I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure he is. <laughs> and it was devastating. Yeah. And I remember hearing interviews with him recently where he said, yeah, you know, what I wasn't a good person I cared too much about my show mm-hmm. my whole life was the show and as I always say and that's why it was so good friends <laughs> <laughs> like ah so yeah. I suffer from that too mm-hmm. where sometimes I'm neglecting people who mm-hmm. need and deserve my attention right. because I'm so focused on what I'm doing and then what reaction do I get my wife starts getting in my ear about how I'm neglecting her and then I'm like oh no I start getting that paranoia about mm-hmm. well this is falling apart now and I'm not good enough there either Right. And I just start going out of my mind. Yeah. And it's really hard. I think it's trying to check yourself and be like, okay, you know yourself. You're never just going to be like, ah, whatever. I'm just going to come in at the last minute, do the show however, not do my show prep. That's not you. But it's really about chipping away a little bit. And Mm -hmm. you've done that. You've noticed there were some things you needed more of, like rest and maybe do some things with your wife going out hiking and stuff like that. But giving yourself that credit and say, wait a minute, where are these thoughts and beliefs coming from? And how can I challenge them in a small way? You know what it is. Like you said, this has pushed you this far. You're afraid to let it go. Almost it's like we're afraid to let go of our story. And part of your story is I'm not good enough. So I have to keep working, working really hard. But you can also continue to work by believing in yourself just a smidge more, like just a little bit more. I know it's scary, Brian, but you can. The other problem is so much humor comes from darkness and mm-hmm. sadness. Mm-hmm. And it is that fear that we've discussed before where I don't want to get too yeah. content and too happy. That's why that I was edge. afraid of taking behavioral medication mm-hmm. because if I do lose that edge, maybe I lose my edge. And right. this is another way in which you can get inside your own head mm-hmm. and you can argue against the thing that of is course. good for you all the live long of day. Of course. 
another thing we talked about on Wellness Wednesday when we were talking about self-love is connecting to the things that make you feel good. Allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to say, okay, I'm still me. There's still stuff that drives me, like you said, with the dark humor, with the things that aren't going well. You find some really great humor from that. But also let yourself indulge in some moments of joy. And just like the other day, I forget what that instrument was, but it was a song from Van Halen and they sent it to you. Oh, it's such a quirky <laughs> instrument. Yeah. I don't even know I don't even what know to call what it. That was, it but. was like these two metal pads and a guy mm-hmm. was rubbing like a plastic pen on it. And he was <laughs> I couldn't figure out what it was. doing Eruption by Eddie Van Halen yeah. from the first album. And it did. It made me laugh because right. it was just so ridiculous, like, but it was so awesome. cool. I'm like, this yeah. is the coolest thing I've seen in 2021. It drew you in. And those are the moments of joy that we need to have, those moments of awe. We need to give ourselves permission to have those moments. And that is one way to build self-esteem too and self-love is by allowing yourself to have those moments. And Brian, that doesn't take away from any of your other stuff. It's just that that will give you more moments of relief and just enjoyment. And speaking of the whole self-love conversation, because we went down this road, people say all the time, you need to love yourself before you can love other people, to mm-hmm. which you said, well, no, you can still love other people yeah, if you don't love ideal, yourself. It's not ideal, but plenty but of people do. <laughs> when it comes to yeah. low self-esteem, you need to look at what boosts your self-esteem mm-hmm. and make sure that that thing is healthy because right. you cannot love yourself and love somebody else so much. Yeah, suddenly you're in a really unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you have to get all of your happiness from somebody else, A, it's exhausting for them. Right. And B, you're a bottomless pit and right. you're never going to be able to fill that. And that relationship is not going to work. So when it comes to not only relationships, I have to be Mm -hmm. careful about that. I also have to be careful about work dictating my happiness. David Letterman, speaking of when he cared, he would notoriously, when he worked on the NBC Late Night Show, go into his office after and people could hear him trashing it because he just Mm -hmm. could not get over how horrible it was. And the rest of us would look at it and say, that thing was a piece of art. The man is brilliant. But to him, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And nobody should get that upset. I never get upset to the extent when it comes to my work that I'm breaking things. Yeah, I don't see anything flying past my head. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, Brian's at it again. But what I start to do is I Eeyore it up and I just kind of interpret internalize it. Mm. It just makes me feel worse about myself. And the low self-esteem just gets that much lower. Mm -hmm. When you were talking about loving other people, we need to remember that a lot of us know how to love other people, but we're not so great at loving ourselves. Mm -hmm. So being our own best friend. And some of the things that we do to ourselves, if we had a friend who did that, who was constantly like, ah, you're stupid. You don't know what you're doing. That's wrong. We wouldn't be best friends with them. We'd be like, oh, they're so mean to me. But yet we don't even think twice about breaking our own agreements with ourselves, about being mean and saying mean things to ourselves. That's why I always stop people when they say mean things. I say, listen, your brain doesn't know the difference between you joking about that. Don't say mean things to yourself. Really stop and say, okay, I do love other people and I'm taking care of them. How do I do that for myself and be my own best friend? That's another way to boost your self-esteem and act as if. Say, okay, maybe it's hard for me and it feels cringy when people give you compliments, but act as if you were a person who knew how to take them and be like, oh, thank you so much. As with all things, it's all about balance. And I was recently a guest on a podcast and I was being asked about how you find things to do for whatever it is you're doing. Content for a radio show, Mm -hmm. a screenplay, a podcast even. And I said, it really is a balance between two things. First and foremost, you have to think about the audience before you think about anything Mm -hmm. else. Do they care about what I'm doing here? And if they don't, then
then just scrap it. And I even talk about working in music radio. Sometimes we listen to songs to decide what's going on the station and what's not. And I said, I have two different categories. Do I like this song personally? Mm -hmm. And can I hear it on the station? And sometimes those things don't match up at all. But I have to make sure that I'm nurturing the station more than myself in that case. So my answer to that question was, yeah, you need to care about the audience. But if you hate what you're doing and you don't believe in it, Mm -hmm. it's still not going to work. And that's where balance applies to everything. It's got to be about fulfilling every single compartment in every single area Mm -hmm. and not letting any one thing suffer because things can very easily get away from you. Mm -hmm. And I like the concept of harmony because a lot of times we're not going to be fully imbalanced. In my estimation, work is always going to be more of a priority at certain times. Now, of course, family, it'll Mm -hmm. shift when there's certain things happening. But we're not usually ever exactly balanced in all areas, but we have to have some harmony in Mm -hmm. what we do. That's a concept that I like and I talk to my clients about. But yeah, you're right. And it's hard. There's so many things, especially now coming at us, getting our attention and stuff, but trying to refocus on the things that we need to strengthen ourselves because we're getting distracted all the time by all sorts of things and putting ourselves last on the list for our self-care and the things that we should be prioritizing. And sometimes when it comes to the unhealthy stuff with your your low self-esteem and the self-love, sometimes you really do need to take a walk away. And we have referenced this before. When you're coming out of a long-term relationship, Mm -hmm. this is why they say don't rebound. You need to rediscover who you are without that person because Mm -hmm. that person has so defined who you are up until that point. And you can mourn that in a similar way if you lose a job that you love. Mm -hmm. If somebody who's very close to you passes away, you need a little bit of time to process that and reshuffle the deck before mm-hmm. you can be in a good place to be able to love yourself again, or at least love that new version of yourself without those other things. Right. And to not get too quickly distracted by other things that you start refocusing on, you need to have some time to heal and refocus on what you need for yourself. Yeah. Like yeah. if you say, I'm feeling terrible, so I'm going to drink myself into oblivion. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. It's... It feels better in the moment, but right. in the big picture, what are you doing? Here, right. So? I talk to people about really having to get through that short short-term suffering so that we can have that long-term feel good. But a lot of times the negative things in our life or things that are unhealthy, we reach for those because that's the short-term feel good, but they create a long-term unhappiness, especially when they're really unhealthy. Do you find when it comes to people with low self-esteem, they have a hard time distinguishing between what is the healthy thing for me to do here and what is the unhealthy thing? Yeah, a lot of times too, because it depends on what their influences are, because sometimes they don't trust themselves, so they ask others. And some of the people that they may be around, because of their low self-esteem, they put up with a lot of things that may be unhealthy. So it can be a very tricky thing to try to help them, to give them confidence, to know that maybe they can pick for themselves rather than having other input of people who may not have their best interests. Especially too, if you're surrounding yourself with people who are like you, Mm -hmm. if you're asking advice from somebody else who has low (laughs) self-esteem, it's probably not going to go all that well. Yeah, it can get very tricky. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. You and I, we both suck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's another reason why, and this is why we do the podcast, to help people to connect with services and to know if you're suffering from stuff or this has been going on for years and you're getting just tired of this and you want to learn some ways to be able to have better self-esteem and more self-love, therapy can definitely help with that and give you a space to finally just hear yourself and hear your truths and try to build some positive beliefs about yourself. That's really, really important. All right. Well, this was some episode 50. My self-esteem is so low. I don't even know (laughs) if we can top it. I'm getting worried, Courtney. Listen, I wanted to say this quote the other day and I forgot, so I have to throw it in here. All right. Today I am enough 
and always becoming more. And I love that because it's an and. It's today I am enough, but I'm always evolving and I'm working on myself to become even more. So that is a good thing for your self-esteem. Brian, you are enough today. I was going to say, Courtney, I am enough, but Brian, you, the jury's still out. <laughs> you are absolutely enough. Although some people have said, you're enough, Brian. Brian, I've had enough. Or that's enough. You are enough. <laughs> and this is enough for episode number 50. Again, happy anniversary, my friend. Yes, Congratulations. thank you. you as well. Here's looking forward to hopefully 50 more. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can stay screwed up just enough that we continue to be able to find all of these topics. Yes. I hope I don't change you because, you know, a lot of people have been saying, don't change him. All right. Do me a favor. He's perfect the way he is. Don't change him. When like, Courtney okay. joined the radio show, that was one of the pieces of feedback that she got. Don't you make him happy. <laughs> don't you do it, lady. How dare you. <laughs> Courtney, in the meantime, if they want to criticize you in other ways or yes. tell you what to do, how can they get in touch with you? You can email me, wellness at wctk.com, and also feel free to come to catcountry.com, Wellness Wednesday page, lots of great resources. There, of course, is social media at Cat Country Mornings and a number of spots. I am Brian Mulhern on personal pages, H-E-R-N. Courtney is Courtney Kelly and Courtney Kelly Bedard. You can get this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Libsyn. You can also get it on smart devices, but the most important thing you can do is say to somebody, you know, this podcast is so good, they have 50 episodes. I really think you should listen to it. And you have some catching up to do on that front, my friend. That's it for number 50. In two weeks, it's been a full year of coping on the couch. Oh my gosh. I'm getting bed sores. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next time. We'll see you. I want to be